Hello and welcome to the Flying Frisbee podcast with me, Dominic Frisbee. And uh, welcome to the uh, many new subscribers that are joining the show. I think that's what you're supposed to say. <laughs> um, today's piece is called 15 Ways Bitcoin Makes the World Better. And it's... Uh, Inspired by a comment that Merrin Somerset Webb, Merrin, my former boss at Money Week, made on Twitter yesterday. What problem does Bitcoin solve? How does it make the world better? She asked. And it being Twitter, as you might expect, as well as some measured, sensible stuff, it met with a barrage of outrage, too, with responses um, ranging in scope from it's a Ponzi scheme to it's destroying the planet, to it's going to give us world peace. And I thought I'd answer Merrin's questions today, sheltered from the mania of Twitter in the calm surroundings uh, of this podcast. I've been trying on and off to orange pill Merrin since about 2014, and I think it's fair to say Merrin does get it. She gets fiat money, inflation, money printing, the harm it does, all that stuff. And not only does she get it, she was several years ahead of us, uh, ahead of most of us on that one. She gets the need for apolitical money, lower taxes, less state, less central banking, fewer capital controls, all that stuff too. Uh, goodness, she's been writing about it all long enough. She just isn't crazy about Bitcoin. And I don't want to put words in her mouth, but I think her objections broadly come under three main headers. First, she doesn't like all the Wild West scams, the blunders, the ensuing losses that have accompanied this new financial technology, the FTXs, the MTGOXs, the hacking, the extortions and all the rest of it. Yes, they're not Bitcoin, but bad actors operating in and around Bitcoin, but Bitcoin still has been the enabler. Two, she doesn't like the volatility. The price needs to be more stable if it's to be a legitimate form of currency or cash. And I think that's almost her biggest objection. And then there's three. Even though Bitcoin, in theory, is open to all, in practice, it's only open to those technologically savvy or organised enough to be able to store keys, passwords, wallets, seed phrases, all that kind of stuff safely. And those, and there's no shortage of them, who's not comfortable with all that, tend to use third-party providers, which in the unregulated world of crypto leaves them vulnerable to all the things listed under first, all the Wild West scams, and so we're in a loop. So I think I've summarised Merrin's core objections. There's probably something I've missed, um, and I think those objections are quite legitimate. But here, in no particular order, are 15 ways Bitcoin makes the world better. One, it separates money in state. If one body in a society has the power to create money at no cost to itself, while the rest of us must expend energy to earn it, um, it is inevitable that body will have disproportionate power and influence within that society. If you want to know why Western states have grown so large, so bloated, so invasive, look no further than fiat money systems and the power they give to the state. That money goes on welfare, waste, wars, wokery, whatever. You might agree with some ways that money is spent, or you might not. It depends on your politics. It doesn't matter, though. Fiat money centralises power in the state. Bitcoin removes the ability of the state and those who operate in it to print or debase money for their own political agenda. 
Money, therefore, remains money. It cannot be a political tool. Two, it provides a lifeline. You tend to see high Bitcoin use under regimes that have seen the greatest destruction to their national currencies. Turkey, Venezuela, Argentina. Bitcoin has provided citizens with an escape. Three, you can send any amount anywhere. Sending money across borders is hard, even today, whether for large amounts or small. If I want to return the $5 that somebody in New Orleans gave me last month when I forgot my wallet, or a pound to my friend in India to buy him a cup of coffee, or a £1,000 to my friend in Iran, I'm not entirely sure how I would do all those things. There are forex and other charges. There are processing fees. There can be capital controls. There might be a lot of admin and forms to fill in. Bitcoin is international, borderless, instantaneous and cheap. Four, no more capital controls. Governments cannot control the flow of Bitcoin capital in or out of the economy. Five, it obviates central banking. The Bitcoin inflation rate is transparent and set in code. The central bank can't start using dodgy inflation measures. It can't set the price of money too high or too low for too long. There is no scope for human or policy error. Six, it increases financial inclusion. Around a quarter of the adult population remains unbanked. Around 1.5 billion people around the world, more women than men, still do not have access to basic financial services such as a bank account. This, more than anything, roots them in poverty. Yet almost everyone, over 90%, now has a smartphone. All you need to participate in crypto to start sending and receiving money is an internet connection. Bitcoin banks the unbanked. Seven, it provides privacy. As the world goes cashless, your every transaction now relies on third parties who know what you are spending your money on. This will get worse with CBDCs. It means there is no privacy unless you use crypto. Eight, the unsolvable problem of digital cash. For decades, computer programmers had wrestled with the problem of how to send cash directly from one person to another online without third parties, just as person A might hand cash to person B in the real world. No one could solve the problem, so much so that it was deemed insolvable. Then along came Satoshi Nakamoto with his blockchain. It was a major technological breakthrough. Nine, digital scarcity. One key reason the digital economy has eclipsed the physical over the last 30 years is scalability. I can upload an app to the App Store and it can be downloaded a billion times. But if I had to manufacture and distribute a billion widgets, it would take a great deal more time and effort. Google can make one change to its algorithm. Upload, and within moments, millions of people are benefiting. I can copy and paste some text, a picture, an MP3, any form of code, and send it out to millions. But if you can copy and paste money, then it quickly loses its value. How, then, to create digital scarcity? Satoshi Nakamoto and his blockchain had the answer. It educates. Number 10. Bitcoin has got millions, if not billions, thinking about money and money systems, questioning them and their impact in a way that has never happened in history. In our time, said the poet Ezra Pound, the curse is monetary illiteracy, just as an inability to read plain print was the curse of earlier centuries. But he said that before Bitcoin. 
11. Excess money supply. In a world awash with debt-based fiat money systems, the supply of which inevitably increases over time, here is a limited, censorship-resistant, deflationary, using the old, the old definition, system of money whose supply is finite. 12. It has created an entirely new economy and asset class. Crypto didn't exist 15 years ago. Now it's a multi-trillion dollar economy, albeit one in a horrible bear market. Is it money? Is it a digital commodity? Is it a tech stock? It's a new asset class. 13. It has provided the young with an opportunity for revenge. You know how the economy is rigged against the young, whether it's through house prices, the tax on the future that is debt, or income tax taken to pay for boomer retirements. Incomprehensible to the over-50s, crypto is their revenge. 14. It stops cancel culture. Remember how the Canadian truckers had all their GoFundMe support that other Canadian citizens had donated stopped? Or how WikiLeaks had its funding turned off? Or any other number, number of other organisations with the wrong worldview have had their funding turned off? It's much harder to do with Bitcoin, where there is more freedom to transact. No more currency wars. 15. It stops energy waste and accelerates innovation. With Bitcoin's high energy use, it is accelerating energy efficiency, innovation in production and the adoption of renewables. Roughly 60% of Bitcoin mining now derives from renewable energy. It costs three times as much to store a unit of electricity than it does to produce it. And around the world, so much potential energy goes unused or wasted, from gas flaring to hydroelectric in times of high water to nuclear. Bitcoin mining uses energy that would otherwise go wasted to create the most powerful computer network ever known to mankind. Narratives take hold over markets, but price often leads narrative. At present, with Bitcoin in one of its periodic winters and the price down 75% from its highs, negative sentiment has completely taken over. Few are talking up Bitcoin now. In fact, with the price down 75%, it's easy to argue that many of the above no longer apply. What is the point of a money if it loses 75%? Fair enough. But that is also manipulating statistics. It's just taking, if you look at the numbers over a five-year period, the picture is very different. The volatility is a problem for Bitcoin if it wants mainstream adoption. But then again, the volatility is what attracts people to it in the first place. The narratives come next. Come for the gains, stay for the revolution. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back with another podcast very soon.